This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris Big election night they said it was going to be. They had so many different people out there uh, throwing out their their predictions of a red wave. And I have to tell you, uh, I guess I was kind of convinced it was going to happen as well. I guess in some ways, I don't know what that means, red wave. Now they say, well, it wasn't the red wave. I know here in Pennsylvania, Fetterman, who can barely speak, uh, he got elected. I don't understand how. Uh, Governor, Republican Governor Josh Shapiro, Republican Governor candidate Josh uh, Doug Mastriano, uh, didn't even place with Josh Shapiro. Embarrassing defeat. Incredible amount of money poured into these elections. I think record amounts from what I'm told. Billions and billions of dollars. On top of the taxes we pay, it's not enough. I get the emails. I unsubscribed. I actually got to the point with the Mastriano campaign, I couldn't take the emails anymore. Uh, my personal email box, uh, it's just a spam folder at this point. It's a pretty interesting. I'll tell you more about that some other time. But uh, I just got tired of the three times daily. You know, we really need your support. We really, really, really need. We really, really. Your last dollar. Sell the cat if you have to. But this election's riding on your next five bucks. And I just get sick of it. Quit hounding me for money. The whole election turned into just a, a money-raising scheme. I'm sure it was by both parties. I don't know. I don't have the, I'm not on the Democrat email list this time around. Usually I am. Hillary was doing this. Hey, can you spare $2? Could you spare 5 We wonder why the whole country is beginning to look and act like a bunch of drug addicts. Maybe it's because of the way the, the politicians are acting. Hey, man, could you spot me 5 Just 5 to save democracy? This is what, uh, <laughs> can you imagine having this discussion in 1776? Hey, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to fight a revolution. It's going to change the world, hinging on the backs of you young men. My first question, do you have five? You have five you can spare? All about the money. I'm beginning to, whole, to see that the whole thing, the whole thing is just about the money, really. Really nothing else, abortion, none of these issues, quality of life. I, and personally, I look at the election results, uh, and, I, and I don't, I'm just babbling here for a second. I'm going to get to my big picture points. Uh, but I find it extremely discouraging that there wasn't more of a red wave. And let me, instead of going down that path, let me, let me, let me get to the, just my, my observations because I want to give you um, my, my big takeaways from this. All right? Let me just give it to you. You know I don't like the bait and switch Keep you hanging. There's no need for me to do that. Let's just get to the point, shall we? You don't have to listen to the rest of the podcast because here's the main point right here. Trump candidates. Now, you're going to see the liberal media and and some conservative media. And, oh, maybe the Trump candidates just didn't do so well. They didn't have the big night they predicted. And this is true. Well, some of it yet to be determined. Uh, what's her name in Michigan? I can't believe that that race isn't going Republican. I haven't heard any update on the New York race, which tells me they're still messing with the ballots up there more than likely. I don't know. Uh, who else didn't do so well, governor-wise, Republican-wise? There was quite a few races that I just thought 
that the Trump candidates, uh, even Mastriano's placing here was really was really poor, quite frankly. But he doesn't have the uh, the Philadelphia area. Mastriano was playing the electoral college method, but that doesn't apply uh, in, in in governor's races. I'm guessing if you looked at the map that Mastriano won more geography than Shapiro, uh, but it didn't matter because that's not the way the votes are counted in this case. But here's my point for the for the, the grassroots candidates. They're calling them the MAGA, MAGA. This was the tactic that got Democrats what they got. Everybody was very confused. I listened to all these commentators, and and, uh, and I do believe that it is this kind of insight that I'm about to give you right now that we lost when we lost Rush Limbaugh. There's no other commentator on the planet right now that's going to give you this kind of kind of insight. What was the real problem? Well, the, the, the Democrats played a very decisive game. All the rest was not – their whole game, I'm realizing now, I wish I would have caught it sooner, was to divide and conquer. The Trump candidates that they're calling them, the mega Republicans. I'm copying Michael Savage. He did that. The bang. Mega. It's kind of funny, really. It's a label. I've never heard anybody say, come up to me and say, just so you know, I'm a proud mega Republican. Nobody's ever said that to me. I've never even heard anybody mention the term, but somehow the media creates this boogeyman. I watched it in real time. But what were they doing and doing that? The Democrats and the media and the hearings, day after day after day of hearings. And they better get ready for what's going to happen now because they're going to get some of it back. I'm going to get to that. But my point is this. The, the Democrats and the Republicans, to some degree, allowed it to go on once again. This game of divide and conquer. The Trump candidates, they call them. I don't know that I would say that. Nancy Price here for Pennsylvania Assembly. I wouldn't call her a, a MAGA Republican. A grassroots Republican. Uh, Doug Mastriano, I guess you'd have to say that he's a, a, a Trump, a MAGA Republican, I guess. I don't know. I don't know what the, the litmus test is for these. But either way, they created this vilification, these grassroots candidates, Anybody who was homegrown trying to come out of the community that they didn't know and recognize as part of the establishment machine, dangerous, radical, they said, right? And this gets in people's heads. I I watch people driving. The driving analogies say it all to me. And the mail truck stops to deliver the mail, blocking part of the lane. And I will watch as people will not go around Right? They will not cross over the yellow line, even though there's nobody coming in the other direction. You know the kind of people I'm talking about? And you sit behind me like, what is with this clown? Go around the doggone car, for God's sake. How hard is that to do? If they don't have the guts to do that, what makes you think they're going to step out of line for anything? That they're going to go against the grain with anything? They won't even drive around the mail truck on the road. What do you think? So there's a, a group of people out there, I think a, probably a large percentage of the population, that when they hear this, oh, oh, Trump, mafioso, lawbreaker, under indictment, never been convicted of anything. They've charged them, accused them, but they haven't been able to bring anything to conclusion. Nothing, really. They've locked up a few of his underlings. Uh, Barack, did you, uh, Barack, Barack got uh, acquitted. Did you see that? They charged him. Well, there ought to be some more charges coming. I'll get to that in a second about the election uh, tactics. Um, but my point is that the, these grassroots candidates, when you see and you look at the screen, you say, oh, we didn't do so well. Oh, contraire, Pierre. <laughs> there was a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure exerted. 
Josh Shapiro was supposed to be the shoe-in. Josh Shapiro has presidential ambitions. He'll never make it. He'll never make it out of the gate, is my prediction. You know why? He's too short in his beady eyes. He's not trustworthy. I hate to say it. Uh, he's just hes not presidential material. He's not leadership material. Uh, I, I can't make a strong case. I don't know that uh, Doug Mastriano would be the strongest leader, and I think it's part of what hurt him. He's kind of got that um, hillbillyish kind of twang to him, which is fine, which is fine. You know, he'd walk around in his, his cowboy boots at campaign events. Nothing wrong with it. Like, I love it, right? But not everybody does. Not everybody appreciates that. Some people are deeply offended by it. They view it uh, with a certain air of a- arrogance. So the, the Democrat Party, together with the media, did a very effective job of dividing the Republican Party, which is very divided right now. And hopefully we'll remain that way because we need to root out all of the Liz Cheney's. Quite frankly, I think even if it means losing elections, we can't afford uh, to have these hacks. And, uh, you know, even somebody like Oz, you know, I said it and I said it and I said it. That was a bad, bad idea what they did putting Oz in there. There was a better way. All right. And I said it then. I can, if I said it then, I can say it now. I don't do the I told you so's, but when I say it up front, then I'm going to do the I told you so. I said it was bad for them to come in and throw Oz in here to replace Kathy Barnett. Oz did not have the support of anybody when he got here to start from the bottom. Nobody knew him. He hadn't been doing the work. They could have turned around back then. They could have brought Oz in. They should have brought, uh, didn't even have to be Trump down here. I said it then. Send the, Sean Hannity down. Where's he been this election cycle? We didn't hear from him. I haven't heard from him a bit. What happened to him? Is he off of Fox News? I don't even know. I actually turned, I turned on the Fox News in the background here outside of the studio uh, just to catch on some of the elections. I'll tell you what's really funny. I go back and forth between Fox and MSNBC, and it's really hilarious. Uh, the difference, how they, they talk about two different ways of seeing the same thing. Oh, man. It's like you're, you're reading two, two compl- I was like, what happened with the election? MSNBC, you would have thought that the Democrats won. I'm going to get to that, who really won. But there was a very effective war going on against these grassroots candidates. They didn't even need to know anything about you. Oh, oh, Trump's election denier. Mm-hmm. Anti-vaxxer. They wanted to put your kids. This is the story they were telling. Maybe we did get a little too far carried away with COVID looking back on it, but we were just concerned about your children's safety. We were going to pull out no, when it came to your children's safety, we were going to pull out no stops. And those Republicans can bicker all they want. There's not enough children dying. All this, you know, bit about the um, the, the vaccine, uh, uh, you know, killing people and the mortality rate. There's not enough. Bottom line, I don't know anybody that's dying. I know one person that the wife had got a heart condition shortly after. It's concerning. I've been paying attention. I don't know anybody that's died from the vaccine or any sudden deaths or anything like that. And I'm not saying it's not going on. It seems to be that there is some of it going on. Maybe there was a reaction to the vaccine. I don't know. But there's a couple of problems with that whole argument. One, it was Trump's vaccine. And that's created division within the Republican side. The people, Yeah, well, uh, maybe he wasn't forcing people to take it. But he was taking it and certainly encouraging people to take it. He's the one that rushed it through. If he hadn't rushed it through, there wouldn't have been any Democrat vaccine mandates in the first place. Right? 
So that whole story is out the window. Nobody even cares anymore. Uh, there was a Republican, though, we will never forget the people who locked down our children. Uh, sadly, I don't forget. I agree. But sadly, people do. Nobody remembers it two weeks ago. The abortion issue, they use these little issues, anything they could. To create, huh? They want to take away your freedom of choice. Including Doug Mastriano, if you're raped, he's going to force you to carry that baby. Yeah, and people conjure, oh, really? Why would he do that? Totally mishandled, that whole messaging. Uh, I didn't see that one coming the same way. Although I did talk about it along the way, Mastriano being one of them, Oz being another. They played to the highly conservative anti-abortion crowd, the highly conservative pro-life crowd. They played, that's why you have Mastriano. That's right, no abortions, even, even for rape and incest, I say no, no. That is a stupid, stupid answer. Dumb. You don't talk like that. Don't even, for any man to even talk like that politically is a mistake. I don't think, I would never say that publicly. First of all, I don't feel that way. Matter of fact, it irritates me hearing it. So, wait a, wait a minute. You're going to tell me that if, if, God forbid, something ever happens, I don't even like to say the word. If something ever happens to my daughter and, and, and you're going to do what? And I've had this conversation, well, give me the baby. How am I going to give you a throat punch? All right? That's not how we're going to handle the situation. And, and I've told you this story before. You might not like what I have to say. And, you know, that's fine. I get it. People have very strong opinions about it. I'm not pro-abortion. I've spoken against the, 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 this, this profit-making, baby-killing machine I found detestable. It had to stop. And I'm glad that Roe v. Wade was overturned. I think it was the right thing to do. Sadly, not the best outcome, though. But the bottom line is that this abortion issue was heavily used against these Republican candidates. And they got, they got their butts handed to them on that power play. They, the, the seasoned politicians, but part of the establishment, no, they don't come out too strongly on the abortion issue because it's flat divided, just like immigration. And so you come out and you say, no, oh, that's right, I'm, I'm anti-abortion, we're going to we're gonna reverse Roe v. Wade. And all the pro-lifers, yay, and they're praying. And yeah, well, unfortunately, it's not going to win elections. And the governor doesn't get to decide these things. Right? By their own, well, no, 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 I'm going to leave that to the local politicians to decide, or the legislature to decide. Uh, you already lost it. So the, the, the abortion thing definitely took a toll. Uh, I was shocked. Uh, my wife felt very strongly about this. Uh, not real happy with Oz, as me either. My wife did not like uh, Doug Sh- uh, Mastriano. I was shocked. We didn't discuss voting before we went separately to vote. And I was shocked that she voted straight Republican, concerned about the damage that Democrats are doing, particularly in our schools and with crime and with the economy, as were a lot of people. And she voted straight red as a result, same as me, as I indicated here. Why? Because I felt in this case it was the right thing to do. And I got to tell you, I know some of these people personally on both sides. Madeline Dean here for state representative, great Democrat. There's great Democrats out there. There really are. Serving their community, working hard. Uh, quite frankly, even the Democrat that was running against uh, Nancy Price, I'm the treasurer for a campaign. Um, I, I don't think he was a bad guy at all. I don't know a lot about him to speak about it, uh, but I think he was doing a good job there. Uh, but the party got so far off balance that there needed to be some balance restored. Uh, so anyway, listen, the big thing is when you look at these numbers, uh, we need to be proud and very supportive of these grassroots candidates and encourage them to come back.
Uh, people like Carrie Lake, I don't know what's going to happen with that race. I was shocked to see that. But, uh, you know, if she doesn't win there, hopefully she'll come back and run again. She's got a great thing going. The machine's in place. She probably has campaign money left over. She'll have a great head start for the next cycle. I think that with all that, maybe also this will be a wake-up call to the Republican Party, which won't happen. The Republican Party is so scattered and disconnected. Uh, there's no help at all, none at all. Um, it's, it's just crazy, really. In fact, I think the one thing you could take away, you had disorganized Democrats in a horrible election climate still do pretty well, right? You had energized, organized Republicans for the first time in a while, lots of money, but the Republicans took all the money and still didn't do that great. What does that tell you? Well, that something's not working on, on the other side of the equation. There's lots of demographic things I could go into there. The number of government workers uh, that are supporting the, the Democrats. The Republicans haven't made any inroads there. That's another tactical mistake. But I think right now that there ought to be people asking, you know, what is the future of the Republican Party? And I have to tell you, it's not Trump. It's not Trump. Trump, and I'm going to get more into this, Trump is a Band-Aid, not a solution. It's just, uh, it's not the the solution to growing a strong, unified country. Trump isn't going to do that. And he's going to say it, and it's it's his campaign style, I'm realizing. What am I talking about? Did you see that um, he took a, a few shots at uh, DeSantis? What's he doing there? Why would he do that, you say? Dumb, right? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We love DeSantis. Matter of fact, we're not sure who we love more at this point, Mr. Trump. So take it easy there. Why would he? He knows that. So he he does it. He, he's Listen, he follows the professional wrestling model of, of media. And it's very effective. It's working for him. I mean, and he may not have a choice, quite frankly, because of the way the media is against him. So he plays his own. So, look, the media is not going to report. If Trump came out and said, I'm running, you know, they'd probably report that. But anything else, anything else, they're not going to report it. If Trump came out and made a statement about the, they wouldn't probably wouldn't report it. Maybe if, it, if the tweet took off or something like that. But they're not going to report it. But suddenly he says something in a, in a campaign uh, rally about DeSantis and, oh, boom, Trump picking fights with DeSantis. It was all a show. It's all a game. I've seen it happen. Uh, my buddy Stan has, has, has done some of the same stuff. You know, we're getting this big blowout fight and it's all this. And he's like, I just want, I just want to get people energized a little bit. <laughs> okay. I mean, these are the old ducks that are, you know, teaching us. I don't like it. I don't agree with it. Don't get me all riled up over nothing. It saved my energy. It actually, I think it, you know, I, I talked to Nancy Price quite a bit about this, about tactics and dealing with people. And she was uh, going door to door and she was getting some advice to be very pushy or not. I said, I, I wouldn't do that. You come to my door getting a little too pushy and you run the risk of de- developing a different kind of problem. You know, you, I'll just vote for somebody else just because you, you're being rude to me. Anyway, I don't want to go too far down that. I think we need to talk about what the future of the party is. What do we want the Republican Party to be and stand for? This idea of, of lower taxes and smaller government uh, is not resonating at all. Not one bit. Amazingly. I mean, I'm shocked by that. I mean, to me, it's a simple, yeah, get rid of some of this government regulation and, and pare it all back, the cost of it all, the whole thing. But it's just not very popular. And somebody has to come along 
and, and look to provide solutions and provide real tangible progress in people's lives. And that real tangible progress, and, and Democrats aren't getting this right. You know, I think they bid onto a couple of things. They say, well, when you need health care, we're going to make sure you have health care. That's what people believe, that Democrats are the ones that are going to make sure you have health care. And Democrats are going to want to make sure that you have uh, Social Security benefits when you retire. And they're going to be there for you when those college payments get a little too carried away. We're going to help you out, make sure that you have access to education. No other debt forgiveness, like, say, for, for veteran home loans, but just education, because education's good, right? This is the world they operate in. Everybody should support, everybody supports education, right? Even Republicans do that. Yes, we do. This got missed, right? In in, in this whole uh, fighting over the school boards. Hey, listen, the the simple focus, the school needs to understand the boundaries that the parents wanted to operate in. And we don't want this nonsense being taught in our schools. And with that, I got to tell you something. When I step back and I look at, you know, the way a lot of Democrats really are. I'm talking about the people, not the candidates. And the control and the influence and what's being done. You know, I look at Andrew Torba, for example, wanting to create a Christian nation. I think to myself, this is no Christian nation. Not even close, at least not by my view of Christianity. And I'll tell you, to be quite honest with you, uh, I don't know that I like living here anymore with, with these people around me. You know, I use the example of my, my daughter's friend going over there, and, you know, she's Jewish. The husband's a white guy, I think. I didn't really met him. Um, judging by the children, I'm pretty sure they're all they're all white. So you got this the Jewish mom, be 35, 40 years old, came out of Sheltonham, which, if you don't know, is basically right on the edge of Philadelphia. It's Montgomery County. Uh, you know who? Sheltonham Township, uh, Mark Levin. You know, Mark Levin, the commentator, he he comes from the next town over from me, Sheltonham, two towns over. He uh, That's where he comes from. He was actually on the school board there in Sheltonham Township years ago. And I asked myself, uh, you know, we should go back and look at the Republican Party of that time and look back 30 years later and see what came out of it and, and, and give you a little different perspective on somebody like Mark Levin. But he's a great example. I like Mark Levin, by the way. I'm not bashing him. I like his message, intelligent guy, he's a lawyer, constitutional lawyer. But I don't think that Mark Levin is attracting young people. Mark Levin is just angry, miserable, and that's his shtick, right? And he's tapping into that market. I'm not taking it anywhere. I like him. Like I said, I'm a fan of Mark Levin. But in terms of the future of the Republican Party, it's not that. It's not that, and it's not professional wrestling coach Trump. It's just not. It's not going to be effective. And and the proof is what we saw in this election. And while I give Herschel Walker and Oz a lot of credit, and and certainly Doug Mastriano, Doug Mastriano, grassroots, I call him a grassroots candidate. Uh, I guess Herschel Walker and Oz are not establishment, but they're celebrity grassroots, I guess you could say. That's a little different. And I think that to expect people to go for that, I'm going to vote for this football guy. And not that the football guy has anything to do with it. It's just I never I never saw Herschel Walker over the years and said, gee, there's a guy I'd like to see in the Senate. Have you? I never watched Dr. I never had a problem with Dr. Oz. I've said this. I never really watched him. It's not my cup of tea. I never really found him. I never really had a problem. I didn't really have a problem with his political position, at least what was published. But I can tell you over the years, I never once saw a Dr. Oz clip or something. You know, there's a guy who really ought to be in the Senate. <laughs> never once. 
Who should it be? Well, uh, people like myself, people like uh, my buddy Dan, great speaker. The way he could uh, get um, um, crowds energized. And I think I think there needs to be some training with people. He was another one. Here's another big mistake I think that a lot of the, the fundamental grassroots candidates made, and that was bringing religion into the race. This whole idea that, like, Andrew Torba pushing, well, we want to build a Christian, we're a Christian nation, Christian na-. I'm like, dude, I don't even know if I can buy into that. And it's not that I don't want to be living in a Christian nation, because I do. <laughs> and I do believe that our, our values, people say it's a Judeo-Christian country. No, it's not. What do you mean by that? This country was founded firmly on Protestant reformist values through and through. I don't know how that, oh, Judeo-Christian. First of all, why is the Judeo first? There's little basis for our government systems rooted in the Torah. Now, naturally, by default, some are because we do believe in those same basic, uh, you know, rules, moral rules. Thou shall not kill, et cetera, et cetera. And, and in a lot of ways, the Christians have taken on a, a stricter view of that, but that's neither, neither here nor there. When I hear people say, we're going to have a Christian nation, I say, well, what Christianity is that exactly? Because I'm not so sure that my Christianity is your Christianity. My wife is Catholic. I'm not. We don't view spirituality in our relationship with Christ in nearly the same way, not even close. And so what? You're going to force one to comply with the other? This is a big problem. It's lunacy. And it's not where the country wants to go. I've said this before. Some of these candidates were running. I was a little confused whether they were starting churches or whether they were trying to lead lead their communities and lead, lead their nation. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with piety in your personal life. I think it's a good thing. And I think a strong religious foundation is good. But there are certain venues where you say, okay, those are our beliefs, our foundation, and, and, and our moral foundation, and now we're going to come into this group, and we got to operate in there. And, and the time for that chatter is gone at that point. So I, I think that the, the Republican Party ought to be—we'll see what happens. My guess is that most of these people are going to pack up and go home, and, and uh, maybe we'll get another round of the Trump show. Maybe you'll win, maybe you won't. Let me get to where I think this leaves us. In this election, because I think this is the people, maybe they're upset, they're happy, you know, right? Democrats maybe feeling a little relief. It's amazing to me. I saw, I'm watching Emma Smith saying, it's going to be okay. It's not as bad as we thought. I'm like, oh, God, are these people really thinking that way? Are they really thinking that the go- we're beholden to the government to that level that if Josh Shapiro becomes governor tomorrow, that it's going to really affect my life? It's really not. No, it does, because I don't like what he's doing with the schools and taxation, uh, and it's going to cause further destruction to this state. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, he's going to have a hard time, though, with a Republican legislature throughout the state. So hopefully they'll keep it in check. We'll see what happens. Hopefully he'll just mess up his, his presidential run. We'll see what we'll see what happens with it. But let me let me get into where I think this leaves us. So I, I really didn't know. As you know, leading up to this, I gave my report yesterday and I said, eh, looks like there's going to be a Republican sweep. I don't know. I don't know that I firmly believe that, but you know, that seemed to be what the education, the, uh, the information suggested. And um, 
you know, the direction everybody was going. And now you say, well, it wasn't quite the sweep. Now we'll see what happens with the Senate. Maybe the, the Republicans might still end up with a thin majority or something like that. I don't think it matters. And I actually think that tactically, uh, going forward for the next two years, this is actually the best possible outcome. I really believe that as I stand back and I think about it. And I'll tell you why. Let's just say that Republicans did sweep the governor's races. Well, that's not going to make a hill of change in Congress. If anything, it would probably energize Democrats even more. Uh, they would dangle money out in front of these Republicans that they wouldn't be able to refuse, and they'd have their way with them anyway. So the Republic, the governors don't really matter. It's on. That's to you know. I don't, I could care less who's governor in Nevada. It really doesn't doesn't do anything for me or Michigan or anywhere else. I think it's a shame for those states, but other than that, it doesn't affect me. Now. As far as Republicans are concerned in the federal government, it looks like Republicans are going to firmly take control of the House. I view that as good. Let's come back to that. The Republicans, let's say they had gotten control of the Senate in a big way. Just call it a, uh, a 55 to 45 margin, right? That's huge, huge. Well, any the Republicans still aren't going to be able to do anything. First of all, I'm not convinced that Republicans know what to do. Okay, Uh, this whole economic machine and government has gotten so far out of control uh, to to have the the guts and the the vision to really recreate that is massive. And I don't have any expectation. I didn't hear any talk of that really going on. So I don't know that that Republicans really know what to do. They may be able to stop some of the craziness that Republicans are doing. But, yeah, that's that's not a vision for the future of the country. Oh, we're going to we're going to put a stop to this craziness. That's not a vision. So I don't know that the Republicans really were going to be able to get much done. Even if you get beyond all that, let's say you had a, 40, a 55 to 45 Senate plus control of the House. What are Republicans going to do? Anything they try to do, Biden's going to veto it, plain and simple. And you know, to try and then you'll have Republicans. That's all you'll hear. Well, without a super majority, if we just had two more seats, we would have been able to do. You're going to hear the excuses why it's your fault that nothing's getting done. So I had zero hope that anything was going to get done anyway. And I hate to talk like this, but quite frankly, stopping Biden might be the best we could do right now. And bringing to light uh, some of the ugly things that have been going on. So with that, um, and I do want to hopefully if we have time here, talk a little bit more about this influence in the election. I was talking about it, but um, Democrats are going to take a big, big hit by losing control of the House. And it'll be very interesting to see if the Republican hearings get the same airtime as the Democrat hearings. This will tell you right here if if these Republicans have have any uh, fortitude at all, and that is if they fight with them. So you better. We want the exact same airtime as they got with Trump, and you better play it or we're going to sue you out of existence for for campaign uh, finance violations. Why am I the only one talking about this, talking about the future of the Republican Party? Why are we giving up such a big advantage? This uh, Democrats accused of scheming election victory, no matter the outcome. Uh, this was shared by W. And there was actually an article in The Federalist. And uh, I'm not going to have enough time to go through all this today. Well, actually, we do. Let me see. A great article here. The links are in the show notes. A political party convinced the country faces an existential crisis if its opponents win at the ballot box is a threat to democracy. Indeed. You had Democrats sitting there saying, if they win, our country is is destroyed. What? Even to make a statement like that, 
they're the ones that inciting this. You know, if you vote Republican, this country's gone full on authoritarianism. Twenty uh, the twenty twenty two election. This was written before the uh, the uh, election here. When was this? November eighth. No, it was yesterday. It came out. Doesn't have a time on here, huh? 2022 election results aren't that hard to predict. Republicans will win and they'll win big. Well, that didn't really happen. This is by John Daniel. The only questions on the front are how large will GOP majorities be in the House and Senate and how many governor's mansions will be in GOP control? Will the red wave be just a tsunami or a massive breaker? Eh, I don't know that it came up to either, but I don't know what those words mean. Beyond the numbers game, the larger question looming over the midterm cycle is why, at a time when inflation is up and the economy are top concerns, uh, why did Democrats choose to run mostly on abortion and extremism? I already addressed that. We missed it. So did this this, uh, commentator. The Democrats were dividing and conquering. We should have countered that better. Why didn't Democrats at least pretend to care about ordinary things like rising cost of groceries and gas, worsening crime in major cities? Well, this was a big mistake of the Democrats that Republicans can still count on. You know, that you don't have economic freedom with inflation at 10%. I don't care what the government does. One would think that simply on the basis of crude self-interest, say, clinging to the razor-thin majority, uh, they would muster the will to pretend to care and at least pledge to tackle these issues, even if they're lying. But could they, they couldn't even do that. Why? They divided and conquered. They had much better campaign advice. They take the problem candidates, they hide them away, They get other people to speak for them. They spin the media, and it works very effectively. But the issue is going to continue. And let me tell you something. Uh, Biden and the Democrats were doing everything they can to, you know, keep oil prices, anything to keep oil prices down as much as possible. They're not going to have that anymore. The, The political ability to sway that stuff is over. So for the next two years, you just watch. As this pattern continues, and and the government, Biden's going to be paralyzed, and Republicans are just going to feed it to him. And and if Republicans were smart, they would would be bringing this up. You all said two years ago, back in, in 2020, that if it meant destroying the economy to get rid of Trump, then that's what you would do. And now here we are. You've now destroyed it. How do you intend to put it back? Right? These are the things that people need to bring up. So I think the abortion issue needs to be addressed by Republicans, uh, and there needs to be some party leadership on that. And they can't now. They can't. Republicans are really stuck there. The danger comes when Democrats refuse to accept they no longer have a mandate for people to remain in power. That's kind of happened. Um, the mumblings of President Biden about ending coal and fossil fuels, he did it. They need to bring back these sound clips. Back during the presidential campaign, uh, will you adopt the new Green Deal? Yes, yes, I remember this stuff. And this is what we're missing when we lost Rush Limbaugh. Nobody with a memory exists, not Bongino, not Hannity, none of these people. Uh, Savage does, but I don't know, he's a little, little. Uh, I don't know where his head's at these days. But nobody remembers the history. I remember it. I remember when they were campaigning. Mr. Biden, if you become president, will you sign a new green? Yes, yes, I will. Yes, I will. Do you support transgender? Yes, 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 yes. They were all out there, all of them. Of course we will. Of course we will. Of course we support that. Of course we support education. Of course we support green energy. Green, good, very simplistic thinking, very effective. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. 
But I think that by having control of the House, it gives Republicans a huge advantage um, in terms of right now, they don't need to get anything done. I mean, say, hey, we don't, we don't have control of the presidency and we don't control the Senate. And so now they can use the House of Representatives to open investigations into Biden and Ukraine and Facebook and all these other things that need to be brought to light. And they can just keep hammering on it. In the meantime, uh, you're never going to get anything to come out of committee. You're going to have a hard time getting it through the Senate anyway, just like they were. Uh, So nothing's going to change. It's going to be another two years of of fighting and another two years of, I guess, leading up to a a Trump election. That's my take on what happened. Uh, The the grassroots Republicans, the so-called MAGA Republicans, I don't think that's accurate, at least not in all cases. They were fighting a two-front war and did very well despite that. We really need to look at the future of the Republican Party. I hear some of the Republicans talking about this agreement that they have of what they're going to do for people. Uh, I'd like to see that and even hear about it. It has, no, it has no traction at all. So that obviously, that vision isn't resonating, and that's part of the problem. Uh, but the fact of the matter is Repu- the Republican Party is in a good tactical position right now. I would say to you, uh, don't expect much, though, because uh, a lot of these Republicans uh, don't know what they're doing. Have no clue. And I don't say that to be mean, but that's kind of a part of what what we've elected here. I want to leave you with this little story. I was out to lunch yesterday uh, before voting. I voted very late. And that could be helping things, by the way. Maybe the word did get out on that. And maybe the the final count will will swing a few of these elections. We'll see. I don't think the governor's race in Pennsylvania, last I saw, uh, Mastriano was down by 800,000 votes. And I have to tell you, it really does add some legitimacy to what we've been hearing about these other elections and the numbers. That's all mail-in votes. And they're being checked heavily here in Pennsylvania. I have no reason to say to you that there was any ballot harvesting or dumping. It wouldn't surprise me if there was some going on, but certainly not on any scale. And the numbers speak for themselves at this point, right? So here we are with that out of the way. But I think it poses a good, a good tactical situation if Republicans can capitalize on it. If, if, if. They sit back and do nothing, we're really in big trouble. All right. But I want to tell you this little story. I went out to lunch with a buddy of mine, a uh, big uh, Democrat supporter. He voted for Trump the first time. I think the media swung him. He learned to hate him. Uh, hated Trump. Hated him, hated him. Couldn't under, ever understand why. Another one of those stories. Uh, voted for Biden. And has been nothing but complaining about it ever since. And I've asked him. I said, you voted for this. And he did. Biden's doing what he said he was going to do. I didn't know it was going to be this bad. And this is a smart, intelligent person, by the way. Very. And I look and it concerns me about older people voting. It really does. And this is a guy who's saying, I'm like, what are you doing? But they're looking at things through a much different lens than young families. And young families are the most important foundationally that we need to take care of. Not the older people. People forget that. That's the future of the country is the younger people. Anyway, big anti-Trump guy, big Biden supporter, big Democrat all the way, voted for all the Democrats, says to me by mail-in voting, says to me yesterday, you know what he said? He said, I I hope that that Trump runs again, and I hope that he wins. And I I was driving. I almost ran off the road. I said, how could you say that? What are you talking about? I thought you hated him. He said, my $400,000 of my net worth got wiped out. I want Trump back. Isn't that amazing? But most people aren't seeing that the same way as him. Hey, that's it for today. God willing, I'll be back tomorrow. I sure hope to see you there. Make it a great day.